This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 ESPN. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors. And you know our goal, we want to provide you with some really, really good local information so you can make some really good real estate decisions. And boy, is our world turning right now. Even our real estate world is really turning. And um, so, you know, decision times are here for some people, whether to buy, whether to sell, uh, whether to hold. So got a good friend along today to help me out with this, Scott Tafoya. Good morning. Good morning, Mitchell Scordino. How are you today? Happy Father's Day to you. Ah, great. And happy Father's Day to you. And you brought along a special guest, I see. I did. I brought my daughter, Peyton, and she's blushing right now. She's never been in on a radio show or seen one done, so I thought it'd be a good experience for her. Well, you know, this may be your first step to Hollywood, <laughs> so you got the smile for it. I got the face for radio, right? Yeah. Yes, you do. Thank you. <laughs> um, hey, that's my line I'm supposed to hey, throw at sorry. you. Sorry, I've been on here a couple times, so I start yeah. stealing them from you. Okay. And Scott and I used to work together. Yes. Um, you had the misfortune of sitting close to my office and uh, had to put up with all my bad jokes. That, but I did learn a lot to you by ear hustling what was going on in your office. You do sell a lot of homes every year. <laughs> all right. Thank you. And um, now you have your own office, Tafoya Real Estate. Correct. And yep. you've got some agents working with you. And Absolutely. We are a small boutique um, agency, but, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're making things happen and, and, you know, providing good customer service and, and educating people on how to buy and sell homes. Mm -hmm. It's fun. And if I remember right, you, um, you played football at Clovis High, so you're a, a local local athlete i am i am that was a long time ago you know but uh yeah Clo the clovis cougars are always always be near and dear to my heart so um and you know all sports teams and 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 i have friends that coach there and are administrators there so you know i am a clovis die, die hard okay so when you say clovis high will always be close is that why you moved across the street <laughs> i did yeah you know you always <laughs> stay close to home so <laughs> uh, yes i i find it it's a great neighborhood so um i mm -hmm. i bought there about eight years ago and and uh having to look back and that's in an hoa area and that is something that i want to tap in on your your knowledge because not only do you sell homes that are inside of a HOA or also known as a homeowners association. Correct. Um, but you live in it too. So I you do. can give us the pros and the cons. Sure. Actually, this came up uh, just yesterday with one of my buyers and they were asking me the first question right off the bat was, will my HOA go up over the years? And, you know, the answer to that is possibly it can't. You know, there, there are some assessments and improvements that come along with HOAs. Um, fortunately enough, my HOA has not moved since I've been there. Um, wow. You know, that's not typical with all of them. Um, so it's, it's, it's good to ask the HOA Association about upcoming assessments. 
that's amazing to be there eight years and it hasn't gone up because basically HOA fees cover expenses such as maintenance, which I would think that has gone up, yard maintenance. Um, taxes. Taxes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, services for property management. Um, yes, just all-encompassing. Um, as, as we go through the years, expenses go up, so does so do prices and so do fees. Mm-hmm. All right. Interesting. Okay. Well, I know you're a pretty active realtor out there, uh, out working with buyers, sellers and all. Correct. So I want to throw some local stats at you Sure. And, and get your take. Actually, let me get your take first. Well, I, I'm hearing a lot of stuff about, ah, there's not enough inventory. There's not enough homes for sale. What, what do you see? Well, I do see everybody was wondering how we were going to come out of this COVID-19 or out of these last few months, how the real estate market was going to react. Were we going to be, you know, plateau and be flatlined or we're going to be a little uh, hockey stick or a V, V V-shaped recovery? Um, You know, I think that we have come out of this a little bit uh, with some restrictions and we we are definitely in a in a hockey shape hockey stick shape recovery right now things are moving very quickly with to answer your question the inventory being slightly low mhm so a hockey stick i take it the handles at the top not at the bottom correct <laughs> so we were at the bottom and then boom it march not- through march and everything everything sort of kind of s- slowed down plateaued and then we're out of it come June, it spiked straight up. Okay, so you don't have a copy of this, no. but I'm, I'm actually <laughs> going to prove your theory right. Okay. Yeah. Make, and, me, make me look smart like I know what I'm talking about, correct? For once. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was for your benefit, Peyton. Your dad's so smart. Why did she shrug? I tell her that all the time. She doesn't believe me. <laughs> all right, so... Um, let's go to, uh, and th- these are weekly stats. Okay. I actually had to go to weekly rather than monthly because things started moving too fast. Um, we're going to go to pendings because pendings are something that happens right now. It's not like a sold where that, uh, it, maybe you have a, a, a sold statistic that closed June 15th, but it went into escrow May 1st. Correct. So usually pendings are all inside of the same week. But that last week of March uh, and then the weeks following that, there were 205, then 176, and then 192 pendings. Let's, let's jump ahead a couple of months. And let me make sure I have the right column here. I do. <laughs> it's the one with the big numbers. The one with, that spiked up like that, I think, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um. Okay, starting the last week of May. Remember those first numbers I gave you, 176, 192? Below the 200s. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so 302, 323, 337, 354, and down slightly this week, 348. That could make a news headline. Sales are down this week by seven. Right. That's that's an interesting. I don't know what percentage that is, but that is that is significant. On I'd, I'd be curious to know 
with those pendings, how what was the days on market? Was it very quick, five days, three days? I'm assuming it was probably very quick yeah. on yeah. the market. So do you see properties moving much faster in June 2020 than in March 2020? Absolutely. How about March 2019? I think it was a little bit slower, but always March, April, May is our busy time, if you if you will, for real estate. Um, that busy time this year was cut on March 15th with the you know the SIP, the shelter in place, and the COVID 19, and I think people just came out running, you know, after the SIP was lifted and the pre-approved people in March and, and February were ready to roll end of May and those numbers show that. So here we have a lot of unemployment. We have, according to the numbers, we have a lot of illness out there, uh, but it doesn't seem to be holding back. It, 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 and maybe the reason for that is this whole thing was called safer at home, home being the key word. Correct. Yeah. I think people during this time, you learn to stay home, to actually like live and do everything, like live in, in quotations, and do everything from home. You know, mm. you may have had to build a home office. You may have had to build a home gym. You may have had to um, build a, a desk or, or a classroom for your kids. You know, those things are coming into people's minds as they buy their next home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's got to make some people think maybe the home that I bought five years ago is a little small now. Right. Uh, being we're going to do more things at home. We really need that home office. Correct. The backyard. You know, oh, people yeah. spend a lot of time in their backyard in the last few months, and maybe now they want the pool. Now they want the... Uh, you know, the hammock in between the trees. Um, and, and it's I find that interesting because for the last uh, 10 years, uh, our state legislature has really, really tried to form housing units to be much denser. Yes. Uh, you know, where there's hardly any backyard, hard, hardly any side yard. Right. Um, you may not be able to effectively social distance from your neighbor in the, in the side <laughs> right. yard. Right, right. <laughs> So, because uh, there wasn't even three feet on both sides. Correct. Correct. So, and denser, you mean sort of in layman's term, built on top of each other, right yeah. next door. Yeah, the stack and pack. Stack and pack. Cookie, cookie cutter, stack and pack. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and of course, the state has been pushing that, and and actually penalizing cities that built uh, against that that theory. So. Um, that's how Clovis, which is doing a ton of building. Correct. Well, and Fresno too, city of Fresno also. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and they are, they've been fined by the state for not building enough of a certain type of house. I didn't know that. You learn something every day. Huh? You should tune in to Welcome Home Radio <laughs> more often. Every Saturday at 9, right? 9 a.m. That's right. Yeah. Rarely do we miss one. Um. All right, so I think people are realizing that, hey, maybe the home we bought or maybe the apartment that we're living in is too small. Mm -hmm. It's time to move. And what an attraction, too, to get an interest rate. Uh, I, I heard some people that closed escrow last week got a 2.99 
30-year fixed rate mortgage. Which is absolutely incredible. Yes. Yeah. I, I know that, uh, you know, talking to the lender friends of ours um, during this slowdown in March, you know, banks were, were had, a, had a question mark on where, where we were going to go with this. And I think as we move towards the latter part of this, the banks kind of figured it out a little bit low and, and, and made sure that the rates stayed low to, to bring that housing market back when we got back to normal or as close to normal as we could. Mm-hmm. So. Well, hang on to some of these thoughts because we're going to go to our first commercial break. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. I'm Payne Tafoya. Welcome back to the Welcome Home Radio Show. And I'm with my dad, Scott Tafoya, and Don Scordino. Back to you. Back to you. Hey, thank you very much, Peyton. Thank you, Peyton. So you're 10 years old, is that right? Yes. Uh, and a radio star already. I <laughs> hope your friends are listening. I don't know. Well, okay. But you know, it is podcast, so oh. you can always pick up on that and show them later or have them listen later. All right, cool. What grade you in? Fourth. Fourth grade. That was the beginning of intense homework periods for me. <laughs> you know, first, second grade, homework was pretty easy. Then it got tough. Mm-hmm. Starts to get serious, huh? Yeah, that's right. What's your favorite subject in school? Um, math. Math. Yeah. That was my tough one. opinion. All right. Um, how do you like homeschooling? Um... I get distracted kind of easily, so I guess it's better for me to actually be at school and stuff. Thank you. We got to get back to normal. We do. But, you know, here's a thought for you. I want everybody to think of this. The way we're going to get back to normal is if we change. Think about Somebody write that down. (laughs) Don Scorito came up with something today. (laughs) T-shirts made already. (laughs) Yeah, I think we need those. Because if we change some of the things we're doing, we'll get back to normal. I agree. And we'll be able to play ball again. Hey, I had a birthday last week. Everybody said, what's your birthday wish? It's like, hey, you know, play ball. Play ball, absolutely. And you're a Dodger fan, is that Yes, that's right. That's too bad. (laughs) <laughs> hey Peyton straighten him out would you uh, that must mean you're a Giants fan no I am not I am just not a Dodger fan that's all so uh, I don't uh, know why I'm not a Dodger fan. I should be I lived in LA for about two years when we moved to California and I and we went to Dodger games and we lived close to the stadium and uh I don't. I don't know why I, I never picked up, picked it up. You know. I don't either. I don't know what's wrong with you. Those either. are back in the days of Garvey <laughs> and Sosha. You know the. Mm-hmm. the, the Where'd you move from? Colorado. Oh. Colorado. Yep. See, I'm, I've worked with you for how many years, and I didn't even know that about you. You don't ask. You don't call. You don't write. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, put it off on me. Uh, okay. Let's get back to inventory. There's, I'm, I'm starting to hear of people that, sellers that are receiving big time multiple offers, not just three or four or five, but even more. Yes. So um, that lack of inventory, let's get into why should somebody sell a home now? Well, I think the, the first part of it is, I think people went, into 2020 
deciding to move, whether they were going to either downsize. Um, the majority of people in Fresno, I would, I would imagine, are ready to upgrade their homes to get that forever home when they bought their starter five years ago. Um, and now they have a family, two kids or another kid. or um, So I think people went into 2020 looking for that sometime this year. And then March happened. You know, um, we keep going back to the COVID-19 and the shelter in place. And everybody put our, their ducks in a row. And we came out of it in May and June. And people are still on that, that train wanting to sell and wanting to move up homes, in my opinion. So, in other words, we had a normal progression of people ready to move and maybe even a higher one because of other factors like lower interest rates. Correct. Might have allowed them to dream about moving to that forever home. Agreed. Um, but then things got put on hold. Right. And now the dam is spilling over. <laughs> pent up demand. Correct. And that's a good word, pent up. I think people went, again, they were ready to roll during our busy hot season, March, April, May, uh, ready to put their house on the market, ready to go out looking for, for homes. Like we're going to do this as a family, as a, you know, and then it stopped. Mm-hmm. And now the pent up, uh, you know, I guess you could say what they were looking to do is, is the, the, on the forefront of their mind. All right. So, um, and somebody who bought a home five years ago probably has equity in their home now. Equity is a big, big factor in deciding to, to sell your home today. Um, obviously, if you can take the equity from this house and put it into another house or, or use the equity for, for something to build a home, uh, that makes payments lower. That mean, makes interest rates lower. I mean, the down payment is readily available if you sell, sold your home today. Mm-hmm. And here's another reason people have more equity in their homes than, let's say, 12 years ago. Back in 2008, our other hockey stick year. Okay, <laughs> but that was a reverse that hockey stick. That was the stick. other way around, yes. Yeah. Um, people didn't have as much equity in their homes, and that's because so many buyers did 100% financing with adjustable rate mortgages. And many of them had a thing, a a characteristic in there called negative amortization. Correct. Which means you bought a house for 300,000, you borrowed 300,000, but you got these teaser interest rates. Maybe you got to make your first few years payment as if it was a 1% interest rate when it was truly a 5% or 6%. And all that the lender would do is say, Maybe you made a payment of a thousand dollars of interest, but it should have been fifteen hundred. Correct. Interest. Mm-hmm. They would take that five hundred and put it on top of the loan. So after a couple of years, all of a sudden, wow, you owe three hundred twenty-five thousand on a house you bought for three hundred thousand, and now the market turned, and now it's worth two seventy-five. So you're really in the hole. Correct. 2008 was a, a very interesting time with those loans. Um, I think that the lenders and the banks have, or hopefully they have been smart enough to, to put a stopgap on, on something like that to happen again. 
Um, not to say that the the variable interest rate loans are bad or they'll never come back or the stated income loans are bad or that they'll never come back. But I think there's there's more of a, a watchful eye on those products than, mm-hmm. than there were before. So we, we don't get back into that uh, hockey stick uh, time. Right. So um, let's say somebody bought a home five, six, seven years ago and they got a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage, their balance of their loan is heading downwards. Correct. Maybe they bought for 300000 and now they only owe two seventy. Right. So they picked up some good equity there. Absolutely. Plus, you've had a, a, a nice, gentle rise every year in uh, values. And now you have supply and demand, correct? Ah. So Tell us about that. The demand right now is is increasing while the supply is uh for lack of a better term stagnant or and low um not enough that's not another enough. word <laughs> not enough um so so you are good to go back to your statement of people receiving multiple offers um 10 to 15 showings per day um, with five to eight offers on the first few days on the market is 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 really telling of the time we're in i and i think it's something that needs to be discussed mm-hmm. and that's why we're here right that's right yep. so um tell us about how when you're emotionally ready to sell i think it takes a person's mindset because selling your home obviously probably one of the biggest transactions that a person will make um and it's, it's some of the best transactions that I've ever been involved with, and, and maybe you can uh, agree with me here, is when you actually sit down with somebody, a seller, and plan out how this is going to be done. Because, and then the mindset gets in to, to selling that house. Here's the plan, and here's where we want to go. Instead of, oh, I'm just going to put my house on the market, throw a sign out there. Um, because that's when mistakes come up so if if you're ready emotionally mentally to put your house on the market and and we say it like it's a big thing but selling your house is is emotional and and you have to know where you're going to go after that and money isn't always the big factor of why you should sell your house there are other factors involved Mm -hmm. what are some of those factors (laughs) well i think that to be ready emotionally and mentally to sell your home, um, you got to know where you're going to go. Um, are you moving out of state? Um, is your job changing? Um, there's a lot of factors that come into this. Um, but if all those factors line up on where you want to go, if you want to build a house or if you want to build your dream house on the land you're, you're acquiring or, or, or whatever, you have to start with the home you own first mm-hmm. and then know where you're going. Okay. And then another thing too, if somebody's going to sell and buy because interest rates are so low right now, um, that'll allow somebody to buy more home for the same payment. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Um, the, the dollar spent back in, you know, when the interest rates are five and six is, is much less than the dollar spent when the interest rates 2.9, like you said before. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, with that, we are going to go to our next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. Hi, I'm Painted Foy with Bess. Sorry, a little bit of an exaggeration. Broker, my dad's got to Foya. Back to you, Mr. Scordino. Thank you. Well, I don't think it's too much of an exaggeration. <laughs> Maybe a bit, but you know. A bit, yeah. I, and I've, I've always said this about your dad. He's the second best broker in town. Then who's the first? Everyone else tied for first. Oh. <laughs> That's a great assumption. <laughs> That's great. Good All job. right. So um, anyway, we were talking about inventory with the second best broker in town. <laughs> and um, let's say you are a seller, mm-hmm. not the broker. You're the seller. And you receive five offers. What are you looking for? Is this a mathematical formula? You want to see which one's the highest? Well, I I know that there are some sellers out there that are just looking for a bottom line, um, but I don't think it's it's that black and white when it's involving a a home of somebody. Um, you know, if it's an investment home, yes, bottom line is 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 a key factor, but. I had this discussion the other day with a seller because they had multiple offers on their home. And I was trying to see what was important to the seller as far as me writing an offer for my buyer. Um, and the first thing that came, that was he told to me was he is looking for the offer that's going to best suit his plan, his future plans for building a house on some land. That is, you know, there's some subcategories that go with that. A uh, length of time of in, in escrow. Um, one of the huge factors um, right now is the reliability of the financing. Is that is is that going to close and close on time? Because there may be money tied up in this sale for a the next purchase or some land or or, or your like I said before your future plans. So any delays in this sale delays your future plans. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the bottom line and going over asking price or appraised price is is attractive to some people, but I don't think that's the factor that sh- should be considered when accepting an offer. The only factor. Let me go back to financing. Well, and you called it the reliability of financing. I, I kind of like that term. Yep. Um, what, why should it matter to the seller uh, what type of financing the buyer's getting? Because aren't they just going to end up with the purchase price? Well, no. Um, some, some, some loans, conventional loans, FHA loans, there's VA loans. Um, you know, there is a different appraisal on those types of loans. Um, a VA and an FHA, a FHA loan appraisal will stay with the property for six months. So that will be the appraised price of that property. Um, so the, next December, it would still be in place. It would still be in place. Correct. Okay. So, and I could see where a seller may not like that. Correct. Yep. Now a buyer, the, a future buyer might like it because then they don't have to pay for the appraisal again. Of course. So <laughs> if that, if that is so what we're seeing today is with those appraisals is people are, are writing offers over what we think is going to be the appraisal price. Now, that co- that brings up 
another factor to the offer as well. If you're going to write an offer that is over perceived or actual appraisal price and it comes in lower than what you offered on the house, the sales price, who's going to come up with that difference? Mm. The buyer or the seller. And that's a that, that's an important factor right now. So if there's a buyer out there and they're really, really skinny on cash. Correct. In fact, they're doing 100% financing. They're asking for closing costs. Mm-hmm. What you're saying is if an appraisal comes in low, that buyer has no wiggle room. Not at all. And, you know, they don't have the ability. Unfortunately, they don't have the ability to go over the asking price. And that gives them less of a chance of bidding on this home and getting this home. So if you're a seller, you look for, even though the price might be lower, you might look at something that had more reliable financing. I would. Um, You know, I think that the biggest, one of the things that can throw the biggest wrench into a real estate transaction is if the financing isn't in place because it's the money, correct? Yeah. And if there's no money, there's you know, there's no closing. There's no closing. So again, that goes back to everything that I talked about before on your future plans and the reliability of that closing for your future plans to move on to your next chapter. Now, let me turn this around. You're now the broker, not the seller, but you're counseling your, your, your seller. You have five offers. Let's say all five of them are financed. But um, one of them that has the highest amount is financed by a lender that is out of state or out of area. You you don't know them. But there's a letter that says they're pre-qualified. Take it from there, Scott. (laughs) How do you counsel them? (laughs) Well, um, as part of my job, uh, if I'm representing you as a seller, okay, and we receive these offers, five offers, 10 offers, 15 offers, one offer, okay, my first thing is I'm going to call the lender and I'm going to ask a few questions. Um, You know, they can't give me personal information or financial information, but I'm going to, I guess, read the reliability of the approval letter and to the best of my knowledge, find out um, if this approval letter was taken into consideration with every factor of that buyer. Yeah, a question I like to ask is, have you actually seen the pay stubs? Correct. Or the tax returns? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of them, it is possible to get a pre-qualification letter just on a verbal. Oh yeah, I make 10,000 bucks a month. (laughs) Great, you're gonna qualify. Correct. But then when they take out for that uh, short-term overtime that you did. Maybe it's only 9000 a month. Correct. So, Well, and you said a, you know, a term right there that I think that we should talk about a little bit more too, a pre-approval as opposed to an approval and seeing the pay stubs. Uh, I, I like to tell my buyers that if there's going to be competition, that you need to get with your lender or our our lender that we work with and get that actual approval and not pre-approval. What's the difference on a pre-approval and approval? Well, just like you said, an actual approval is their documents and everything has been underwritten and they are ready to go on that loan as opposed to a pre-approval, which they've seen some of the documents, but it actually hasn't been officially approved. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so 
having a lender that you as the broker representing your seller can contact is important. And then isn't it nice to know if you have a local lender? Correct. Yep. You've worked with them before and they say, oh yeah, Scott, that we're, their ratios are very, very low. Um, then you know that you can trust them because you know them. Correct. If it's that lender from Timbuktu, <laughs> uh, you don't know them. We don't know how they work. Correct. Yeah. Yep. I, I had one earlier in the year out of area lender and I couldn't stand all the generic terms. Oh yeah, we're good to go. <laughs> okay, and so what does that mean? <laughs> you know, oh yeah, this is a no brainer. Correct. Uh, it turned out we had to use our brains at the end of, <laughs> of well, this no brainer deal to close it because it, it, it took some shuffling. Exactly. And unfortunately, you know, you've been in the business long enough and you've, you've seen this and, and, and I believe as brokers and as, as real estate buyers and as, as agents, we've, we've learned the hard way um, on a transaction when the loan officer is, is not up to par. Um, just the factors that you just said, um, you know, if it's, does, if it's not taken care of in the beginning of it, you'll have to take care of it, you know, somewhere down the line. Yeah. Let's go, you, you, earlier you mentioned something about time, timing. So let's say you're counseling your, uh, your seller and you say, well, here, here's an interesting offer. One of the five offers is allowing you an extra 10 days after close of escrow to move out. Correct. How beneficial is that to your seller? Well, in, I would say in the time of dual transactions right now, um, that could, could be a big factor um, because we as brokers and agents, as much as we can, try to close close on the same day where people are, are handing keys and getting keys on their new home, handing, on, ha handing the keys on their cell and getting the keys on their new home. Um, it's, some, it's, it's a juggling act to make that happen. So if there's any delay, you know, a 10, 10 day, three day, five day, um, extended stay, if you will, could be beneficial. So there's some value to that. Absolutely. So if you had two offers, both of them at the same price, nets the seller the same amount, but one of them allows the logistics to go smoother because there's that extra 10 days in there, I think there's the winner. I think so. Again, it goes back to the initial, the initial reason of this is my end goal, which offer helps me get to my end goal the easiest and the best way. All right. Well, thank you. And with that, we're going to go to our next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. America, sweet America. You know, God done shed his grace on thee. Welcome back. Happy Father's Day to you, Dad, Mr. Scorpino, and all the dads out there. Take it away. All right. Thank you. Peyton Happy Father's Tafoya. Day. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we're starting to do the patriotic music because we're coming close to Independence Day, July 4th. And we all have to love our country. Absolutely. And I say we all. Absolutely. We yeah. all do. Yep. Can you believe it's almost July? Yeah. What? Yeah. Ha I, well, okay. 
I have to admit, 2020 has been the slowest year ever. <laughs> depending on your slowest or fastest, depending on your perspective. Yeah. I, I think it's because we had close to 200 days in the month of March. Yes. It felt like it. That's true. At home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. First, I want to make a little commentary here. I promised my sister I would do this. Then she lives in it. San Francisco. She owns a rental property okay. here in Fresno. And it just, well, it irritates me too, because I get these also. But you get a ton of text messages uh, on your cell phone. It might be at work, and all of a sudden, hey, are you interested in selling your house? Uh, you know, we'll give you top dollar, and we can close escrow right away, all cash, as <laughs> is. Uh, no brokers to worry about. Um, so, you see those very often? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I might be guilty of maybe one or two phone calls like that to somebody. <laughs> oh, but you were the polite one, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah. So I had one where, because um, I own some bare land in Los Angeles County mm-hmm. out by Palmdale. And uh, so, I, you know, I, it's got tumbleweed on it. So I said, well, okay, I'm interested. Um, what kind of offer can you make me? fifteen hundred dollars for five acres it's like ah no thank you i it's like i thought you said you paid top dollar he goes well you know in these uncertain economic times it's like hey they ain't making no more land and that sure i'd rather keep the tumbleweed than get fifteen hundred dollars through the headache of fifteen hundred bucks correct yeah yeah so um and, and i wanted to do this here's the big reason it involves Joe's Steakhouse downtown here. I told my sister I would do that, but next time you're in town, you got to buy me dinner at Joe's Steakhouse. <laughs> Fantastic yeah. place, yes. Yeah, yeah. great food, mm-hmm. uh, nice atmosphere, and it's right there on Van Ness, mm-hmm. close to the circular parking lot. Yep. All right. Um, hey, let's get back to um, writing a good offer. So we know that there's a lot of multiple offers out there how do you as a broker counsel your buyer and hope they listen to you to, <laughs> right. or, or at least respect your your professional opinion how do you counsel them to write an offer that has a chance of winning well like we said some most a lot of properties these days are getting that five and six seven eight offers um so your offer has to stand out um you know if you're just offering five grand over asking a conventional loan and you know five thousand dollar deposit to just the i i guess you could say vanilla aspects of the um of the offer um it may get lost in the shuffle if there's multiple so as my job as a broker and as an agent um it's to gather and talk to the other agent or broker that's representing the seller and find out what their needs are okay so as a buyer you may have to bend a little bit on some some time constraints or some you know a couple contingencies or things like that Um, not saying that you can't write a favorable offer for a buyer but some things may may have to bend um, like a 60-day escrow or it has to be a 30-day escrow no matter what Um, you may have to find out that information to you know get your offer noticed by that seller Um, another thing that, uh, we did the other day was, um, we actually went into a for sale by owner 
house. It wasn't on the market, but um, my buyer and the seller actually talked for about 30 minutes. Um, and, and it helped. Um, we'll, we'll find out the results today, but I talked to the seller after that and they were like, we appreciate your, your buyer coming in because it puts a face to the piece of paper that we're looking at. And then it becomes a, a, an emotional and maybe they have the similar story or maybe something resonates with both of them that puts you over the top on that. I remember the first multiple offer situation I ever was in, and this is back in the eighties mm-hmm. when, I mean, I don't even know if there was a term multiple offers <laughs> at the time, but I had three offers on this one place. And I remember this lady, the nicest seller, a uh, very kind person. She's, I presented the three and I'm just assuming she's going to go with the highest one. Right. Right. Uh-uh. She said, I want to pick this one here. I go, are you sure that no, maybe I explained it wrong. Yeah. This one nets <laughs> right. more money. Exactly. She goes, he was an investor and he came through my home that I've lived here for 42 years and was going to tear down this wall and do this to my home. She goes, I like this family here that had kids. And, uh, and that was what she wanted to do. Sure. And she actually chose an offer emotionally. Yep. And who am I to tell her, Hey, make a logical one, not an emotional decision. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think I did my job by pointing it out that it was less money. Correct. But I, I understood her. And I think that's a learning point for us as agents and brokers to, to it's not always about the bottom line. You know, my buyer, is, you know, is a veteran, um, works in Lemoore, just got transferred here. Um, you know, there's a story behind that. And somebody, just like you said, is going to side with that story or it resonates with them and go, yeah, maybe this is the guy I want to sell my house to because I've been here for 20 years and I know he'll take care of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are some other good things you can put into an offer as a buyer um, that that makes your offer stand out and not be in the middle? Well, one thing is obviously going, going over the asking price um, as things are today. Um, and, and we talked about the bottom line. Um, another thing is we talked about it already is the reliability of your financing. If there's a relationship with you and your mortgage lender, I get them on board and be like, hey, listen, I, I'm going to have you call the listing agent or the seller or if it's a for sale by owner and and give them your 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 two cents. And and hey, this is a loan. We've done the, our our job on the other side and this will close. Um, I know, I know no one's given hundred percent guarantees on that, but you know, as, as much as you can. Mm-hmm. There is no hundred percent guarantee. Cause what if the buyer gets laid off due to COVID-19 one week prior to close of escrow, which by the way, is a good reason to offer the seller additional time to move out after close of escrow. Can you imagine the nightmare for everybody if, and everybody's acting in good faith, Let's say the buyer, the seller has to give possession up at close of escrow. So that last week of the escrow, they're moving, they move, they get the moving van, they haul mm-hmm. everything to a, uh, uh, a new place that they either bought or leased and committed. 
Correct. For, for a long term. They move out and then the buyer loses their job due to COVID-19 or something. It's uh, what a nightmare for everybody. The the factors that are involved in a real estate transaction nowadays, uh, you know, obviously since March have increased. You know, there are, you know, things that can happen during an escrow, losing a job, both people losing a job, um, financing changes. Um, we've seen that. We've seen both of those things in the last couple months. Um, the rate that they had or that f- that loan program that they were approved for back three weeks ago is not available now. Um so there are road or speed bumps in a transaction that, you know, your broker and agent should be able to help you navigate through, um, you know. And that's why with this multiple offer situation, it's, again, it's not just highest and best. It, there's, there's many factors involved as a seller. Mm-hmm. So if we were to turn to why should somebody sell their home now, one answer that is coming out is that um, you should be able to, get good terms right now. Absolutely. So we go back to our supply and demand um, aspect of the market right now. There's low supply, high demand, and buyers are are ready and writing favorable offers towards sellers. Um, Because not only do the buyers need to be in a house with school coming up and they want to be established, you know, probably during the summer and ready to, ready to go in September in a normal year, right? Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> whatever is that school is coming up? Yeah, whatever that is defined as now. But it's, it's, um, it's favorable for, for sellers right now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Should a se- what should a seller do to get their home ready to put on the market? Contact your local broker. First off, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, um, again, we go back to the the mentality of it, um, the mindset of wanting to sell your home and and moving upwards, onwards, forwards to that that second home. And then, um, as far as the aesthetics of the home, um, get, jump into that um, to make the house as presentable as possible. Speaking of supply and demand, I just got a text message. I think it's in regards to my uh, five acres in Los Angeles <laughs> County. Yep. It wasn't so, me, I promise. Okay. I was going to give you $1,600 for it. Dave Kidder says he'll give me $2,000 sight unseen, cash. <laughs> now, I should let him know that it is on the side of a cliff. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, With an ocean view? Oh, no. <laughs> you, you do have a, a view of the lake in Palmdale. Oh, okay. That's yeah. not a very big lake either. Uh, and it's dry sometimes. Yeah. Is it a lake or ponding basin? Um, I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to say. <laughs> well, okay. My, one of my last questions for you sure. is, um, what is your best real estate advice that you would give to a, a buyer? A buyer? Yeah. Enjoy the process. Um, hmm. You know, because- good <laughs> advice. I, cause, cause people go into the uh, buying, uh, buying a home or even selling a home with an expectation. Mm-hmm. And in one minute or less, what's your best advice for a seller? It's probably the same thing. Enjoy the process. There will be speed bumps on the buy and sell side, but you know, the end result, the end goal is as a seller moving into your new home, moving into your new city, your new state, or you're building your dream home. Um, and as a buyer, 
you're getting your first home or your dream home or 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 whatever um you know so enjoy the process because you may be in that home for 20 years 25 years all right scott i want to thank you very much scott tafoya of tafoya real estate but mostly i want to thank our special guest peyton tafoya for introducing us after each commercial break thank you (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) all right Uh, And thank you to all our listeners for tuning in every Saturday from 9 to 10. We'll be back next, next week, too. Thank you.